Don't forget that you can go to patreon.com slash amberunmasked to sponsor the show and the website. And um, you can also go check out on Amazon my book, Cardiac Arrest. That's my first mystery novel. And um, if you're interested in the other book, 13 Lessons Learned About Cam Girls, that's also up there. And that information for any books that I've written or books that I have short stories in, you can find at amberunmasked.com for more information. So joining me today is one of my contributors at Amber Unmasked and my uh, partner in crime for Superhero Weekend. Uh, Jesse Perino is joining us today. Hey. Hello. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm kind of okay, but... I'm uh, the day that we are recording this. I'm really hating the human population. <laughs> stuff with Leslie Jones, right? Yeah. So this is the second time disaster online has struck this woman, and I know that it's obviously a really huge issue to get into, and um, there's a lot of uh, race issues that you know you and I can't speak to personally but we've all had our um a minimal amount of trolls compared to what she is going through right now i mean like the fact that if you could if you imagine like hitting a fly that's bothering you with a fly swatter versus um i don't know like let's say a steamroller you know, <laughs> hitting the fly. Like, there's the amount that she has had to go through just to have an online presence is absurd. I just, I don't know. So what, they, what they've what they done today is, um, for anybody who hasn't heard, um, someone hacked her systems and not only like destroyed her website and her web presence, but then they also found, of course, like photos that they shouldn't have found. Of course they did. At least to Google's credit, if you search her right now, no images come up. Right. And, but that's, yes, that's true and sort of true. Um, There, there isn't usually a time for me to change the timeline on searching for images, but I do that for news all the time because a lot of times you'll be searching for something and you get news and start reading an article and it's like, oh, shit, this is from 2013. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to news searches, I, I use that time filter. But for, yeah, so for image searches, Google has locked it down. But only for, you know, not overall, but only for a specific, like, you know, very short amount of time. I see. Um, and the reason for that is... You know, obviously, Google will display the thumbnails, not that they're hosting the images, but because people are circulating this revenge porn stuff on places like Reddit (laughs) and, and, you know, like all those Chan sites. So um, I know that you operate a couple different accounts on Twitter. Yes. And so... Talk about the types of trolls and harassment and what's been different from one account to another, because I think you said that one time you had your avatar as a a girl, right? 
Oh, yeah, I remember there was one time, just out of curiosity's sake, on a blog I used a woman as my avatar. Not for particularly long. It was, um, it was a Steven Universe thing. I liked a particular piece of fan art, but the character is a female character. Um, if anybody knows Steven Universe, the character was Pearl. And it went from nothing, whenever I posted something, to almost constant mansplaining whenever I posted anything remotely nerdy or even political, where I don't even get that now that I've switched back. Um, on my other sites, um, they're based off characters, so I don't get it as often. But I got it a lot on my personal account. Okay. And um, as a, you know, man and a geek, and you have a lot of female friends... I, I know that you're always fine with, you know, speaking up for feminist issues, but that's because I know you. <laughs> um, um, so is, do you get a particular, like a different brand of harassment in your way that like the MRAs direct specifically to you because they think that you're whipped or something? Generally, no, I don't, I don't get it all that much um i've had a couple of times where one or two will come at me but really not a lot i just kind of get ignored the worst i'll get is occasionally i'll get called a cuck okay um but that's as far as it really goes for me because i don't have the i am like okay i see what you're doing i'm not engaging block that person and generally it's not like they're sending the hordes out after me like a lot of women get. I'll get one or two angry people, block them, I'm done. I'm lucky in that regard that I can get away with just blocking and being done. Yeah, with Twitter, um, they were working on making some improvements. So um, let's see, one of the things is the blue check verification. Now it's open to anybody that to apply to that. And the reason is sometimes what happens is people impersonate women that they don't like and then um you know post really you know derogatory shit on these fake accounts that look like them like they will straight up use their avatars and everything um so the blue check mark is now available to everyone but there are reasons why someone would not want it so i do recommend you do your research before looking into getting verified um another thing they've done is they have what they call a quality filter which is very vague in the new description of it. First of all, it's only a single option. It's either on or it's off. So um, it has to do with you, you only seeing things if the person has um, been on X amount of time. That's not disclosed how long. And um, something like uh, if you've engaged with the person before. So if people generally, if they're new accounts, a lot of people never change their avatar and they have the egg account. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, a lot of uh, people just completely ignore if somebody's avatar is an egg because they assume that it's a fake account or a bot or something. So um, if you're signing up to Twitter new or if you haven't been on for a while make sure that you change your avatar to something that it doesn't have to be you because goodness knows if it's you, that could be a magnet for hate too. Um, 
So other than that, like the quality filter thing is people are questioning. Um, but I did see, uh, I think it was Brianna Wu say that since that's been in place, she's had a better experience. But there are still ways that even people that you block can still be a problem for you. For example, if other people who are who want you to see this, this is what happens when people get into that horde and hive mentality. Um, Other people will start bringing you into conversations. So you will keep seeing that person that you blocked anyway, if people do that. And it's, you know, that's annoying. And then there's also the handy dandy screenshot people just, you know, bringing that up. And it's good to know sometimes you'd be like, Oh, okay. I didn't know this person was being a dick. But, um, you know, and the screenshots, I suppose, could be helpful if you're reporting. But I don't know of a case other than the big, huge celebrity cases where Twitter has, like, really come in and done anything about the problem. They, they really don't when it's not anybody famous. And the only reason I think they do it when it's someone famous is suddenly they're getting bad press. Once they get bad press, then they suddenly care. Right, and that's because of things like um, how they make money. Like if, if, for example, and I say, and, and I'm using her just as an example because of how much money she brings in for ad revenue, but if someone like Kim Kardashian says, I'm leaving this platform because it's filled with hate and racists and sexism and misogyny, that platform is going to lose a ton of money. Yep. So it's really important to keep someone like her happy. <laughs> um, you know, that's like Instagram and stuff, you know, especially, you know, they, they know what they're doing and they have brand managers for these, for this reason. Um, so I suppose the, the platform, you know, varies for obvious reasons. You know, a lot of people like Facebook, you can lock Facebook down in a multitude of ways. Yes. And aside from just blocking. So um, that's that's one of the few times I'll ever say Facebook does something right. (laughs) I think Twitter being an an application that really focuses on interaction, especially as ways for celebrities to interact with their fan bases, things of that nature. It's a little hard to find the balance, but they absolutely – have to. They're not making any effort to even try, which I think is the the big issue. It's like, oh, we um, people are getting harassed. We're right now we're not getting bad press. We don't care, so we're not going to do anything about it. One person gets one famous person gets harassed. They make changes that seem to help that one person, and then you know all of us common folk get ignored. Right, and um. There, honestly, and people that I look to in the geek world, like I mentioned Brianna Wu, people that I think are, you know, geek famous, uh, still don't get support from the platforms like this. And that's, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, hey, look, there's somebody's actually issuing a threat against me at a, for a speaking engagement at this place at this time. What the hell are you going to do about it? And, you know, their answer is always, you know, we do not see that this violates the terms of service. Yeah. Try try blocking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, because a block is going to avoid a gunshot. 
that's one of the things that Facebook really, really does fail at is anytime something gets reported to Facebook, it's usually we find that this does not violate our terms of service. Unless it's a fucking nipple. Yes, that's true. <laughs> if it's a fucking nipple in any context, boom, done, gone. Boom, done, yes, and you will be locked, even if it's an illustrated nipple. Um, so, but yeah, if if you're posting hateful shit, apparently that's all fine and dandy. Exactly, you can you can drop whatever racial slurs you want, so long as you're you're dressed. You can post any violent violence against animals you want, as long as nobody's naked. Some of the weird things, and and I say weird, even though I know that this is just the new technology version of stuff that already happened, are the fan groups of criminals. Yeah. Like, you know, every time there's a new catastrophic rape case where somebody is getting, like, you know, a six-week sentence or no sentence at all, um, or, you know, people that get away with murder because of their jobs. Yeah. Um, those, they, they get these fan clubs. And that's, that's sort of the equivalent to the old-timey right to prisoners um, through the mail type of thing. Kind of. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. and it's the new version. I think that a lot of that, and not all of it, especially in the rapists more so than the um, people that get away with murder from their jobs, so, so to speak. I think with rapists, a lot of it are stupid kids wanting to be edgy. And cool, so they join it. I think of the um, the other kind. It's more racists that are like, yeah, do this, get clean up our streets from whatever racial stereotype they want gone. And I think that both of those two things are similar but different. And of course, there'll be overlap. But that, that's my take on um, those kind of fan groups. Let's let's speculate on something um i don't have their names and we might i don't even know if we know their names because they were they're minors but we're both um in new jersey and i think this happened here there were these two extremely young girls who killed their friends because of slender man oh yeah i remember that um and so they're you know obviously because of their ages they were like 12 years old i think 12 or 13 maybe um there were different issues with are they mentally ill? Uh, how can people fall for something like this where they truly believed that this imaginary character would somehow love them if they did this? Um, and should they be tried and as adults? You know, I know that there's there's so much around that particular case, but I found it an interesting case about what happens when this goes too far, when people get into this worship of something evil. Um, I think you're, um, you're not wrong. And a lot of times people just, especially young people, do it to quote-unquote feel different and be quote-unquote different. And... Um, I think a lot of it is just the grabbing for attention as far as, again, fan groups of that nature. And I think 
older kids doing it, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, bleeds down to the young, their younger siblings, the 12-year-olds, the 11-year-olds, that are a lot more um, manipulatable, where the 17, 18-year-olds generally, you know, go, oh, okay, um, I'm doing this to be edgy and to offend people, which, again, is a bad thing. The 12-year-old that sees their older sibling doing that doesn't necessarily understand that their older sibling that they look up to is doing this to be stupidly ironic or whatnot. They see it as literal and go further than their older siblings would. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that there's another population that falls into the but they couldn't possibly do that. Like they're just in denial. Yeah. Like, but you know, but he was such a good boy, you know, that, that crowd, which is a whole different population. They're not doing it because somebody's cool. And they're just flat up in denial. That is very, very true. I think it all is depends. And every, every situation is somewhat different. I think a lot of people want to look at children and just go, they're all so pure and innocent and good, and on some level they are, but, you know, there's a nurtureness there where if you don't do that, I'm sorry, a 12-year-old is just as capable of terrible things as an adult if they're not raised properly, and even sometimes then. Right. Um, uh, you know, obviously, like, some of the mass shootings have been by relatively young people. Yep. Um, and it's so, it, it is so interesting about how it's a massive, it, it's just a massive study. Like to, there's only so much that you can fit in a tweet when you're trying to talk about the subject and you hope that you're not being, misunderstood even in even in something longer like facebook or instagram you're you know you're hoping that you're not being misunderstood but i honestly think that if there had been an eyewitness to two white girls stabbing their white friends that those girls would still have been taken into custody and in jail and going through this trial process whereas i think if it was black girls or or boys definitely um i i if there had been any kind of witness, I think they they would not be living to go to court. Um, some of that is, you know, directly things like, oh, people shooting instead of arresting. And then the, okay, well, they were arrested, but they commit suicide, which I say with air quotes, commit suicide yeah. once they're in jail. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard sometimes to even talk about these things on social media because of the restrictions and hoping to not be misunderstood and just, you know, you hope you don't come off like a bigger jerk than, you know, what you were trying to say. Exactly. So um, one of the types of social media, though, that I don't really know anything about is something that you just started doing, which is streaming live. Um, I have not streamed live and you do it specifically on Twitch with gaming. So, um, in case there are any other old farts like me who don't know how that works, um, I've watched it like back on G4 uh, when it was like, you know, Twitch was a brand new thing. Um, so I've seen 
people talk about it and I've seen demonstrations of it. I sat in a New York Comic Con panel for it and honestly the guys on that panel came off like complete douchebags. <laughs> so um so it really turned me off and I didn't and I and I always warned female gamer friends about Twitch because I'm like, look, if these are the guys that actually work there and they're dicks, then I don't know what on earth the guys using their services are going to be like to you. That's like my heed of, you know, heed this advice and then make your own decision. So how long have you been using Twitch? Uh, I want to say it's been about a month. Okay. And is it, uh, what kind of games do you categorize it as? Are you more like fun games? Or are you doing that hardcore like Gears of War first person shooter <laughs> obliterate the apocalyptic world stuff? Um, I'm mostly doing silly stuff. I'm trying to stay with the style of games I played as a kid. You know, Mario, all of those kind of games from the older eras of gaming. If a game is older than 95, for the most part, I'm probably not touching it. But, um... Like I said, just from when I was a kid to when I was a teenager, I definitely don't want to do things like um, Halo and all of the gun games. I find them to get a little generic. They're all the same. Plus, when you play games like that, that's when you court the um, the dude bros, so to speak. You know, the ones that'll come in there and troll your chat and everything else and... I don't really want that, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, um, like I said, just playing for fun, mostly. And that era of gaming had a lot of really, really strange games that I think is that I think are fun to play with an audience, because the audience will be going, what am I looking at? Why is... I'm trying to think of a good example of a weird video game. Um, for example, why is there a Friday the 13th NES game in the time frame that that system was made specifically for young kids? Suddenly there's a game where you have to escape Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. Because this was the time before ratings, so you could get almost anything you wanted into a game. Okay. Now, when you are actually playing um because i was like trying to watch you do this over the weekend and i i there was it was like too crowded for me to look over and see actually what was on your computer so when you're doing this is your webcam actually on my personally no um most people do have their cam on so you can see them play and see their reactions right now it's summer and it's hot and I'm sitting in my bedroom, generally with the AC off, so it doesn't come up on the stream. And I'm hot, so I don't have a shirt on, so I really don't want to stream with no shirt on. I don't hate my friends that much. <laughs> well, I, th I think, didn't they institute um, a dress code or something? Because they were afraid that it would just be, like, naked girls or most, you know, practically naked girls playing? That I don't know about. I really don't stay in touch with what I'm doing. I'm mostly... if. New people followers come in that I don't know, great. I'm happy for new people. But generally, it's my friends, and I'm playing this to show them, look at this weird game I found. Okay, so when your friends come on, do you actually have um, 
the sort of the friends list, like on Facebook, where you have to add a friend and accept the friend? They do have that, but you don't need to have it. On Twitch, okay. you can follow people, and when you go to your following page, if one of the people you follow is broadcasting, they'll show that that particular person is broadcasting. And then you can go to their video, and then you can begin the chat, and the chat runs like the AOL chat rooms back in the day for us old folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can comment on your gameplay and whatnot. Okay, because I know with the um, the adult side of the streaming, uh, the add a friend thing, a lot of the women would actually use that and monetize that. They'd say that, you know, oh, for X number of coins, I'll add you as a friend. Um, so, I mean, with Twitch, how how are people making money off of Twitch? Generally, people will have tip jars of different kinds. They'll link to a PayPal. They'll link to an Amazon gift, um, what is it, wish list, um, okay. a PayPal, like things of that nature. And you can go down on their thing. There'll be a donate button or area, and it'll tell you how they would prefer you to donate if you're so inclined. Sometimes it's an Amazon list. Sometimes it's just money that goes right to their PayPal. And a lot of people, myself included, instead of putting a link to them personally, we'll put a link up to a charity. Um, okay, so I was uh, going to ask you how they how you do that. Was it um, is it just like informational, like here's the website, consider donating to them, or do they actually have uh, an acceptance of funds through their site? That, like, like we'll take your funds and then we will send it to these people or anything. That I'm not particularly sure of because I'm again I'm still new. Right now on my particular page on my donate area, I just have a link to um, Casa Shaw, um, their About Us page and how to donate and how to help. Okay, uh, cool. And as you know, I have friends that have issues this and that. As time passes, I'll probably remove that link and put up their GoFundMe's or whatever for their projects and whatnot. Okay. Well, now I'm wondering if you can put up an Amazon wish list, then you can probably use those. um, There are special Amazon links that charities can use so that if it's basically like an affiliate. Um, if you're using, if you go through their link and buy anything, then a percentage of it goes to that organization. So I'm guessing charities could take advantage of that system in that particular way. Um, and, you know, other than having spokespeople and stuff like that, on, you know, oh, to say that they're helping. I'm sure. And the other thing on Twitch that a, a lot of um, really popular people do They'll do 24-hour marathons that are specifically set up that during that marathon, if you want to tip them, instead of going to them, it'll go to a charity. And I've noticed that there are teams that also do 24-hour streams for charities. There is a lot of there are a lot of people on Twitch that do their runs and will purposely set up. This is a fundraising time. Um, like, I see, oh, I forget what it's called, Extra Life, something along those lines. A bunch of people I know that are on Twitch will set themselves up that instead of taking personal donations, everything donated to them goes to Extra Life, which is a children's charity of some sort. 
I haven't done my research on that like I probably should have because I'm, again, using Casa Shaw as my base. Okay. Um, so when you are actually in the in streaming mode, is it single player or can somebody play who's not like you know connected to your your network? Can they still can they get on your stream and play? Not with the kind of games I play. The games I'm playing are not online. All I'm all I'm really doing is sharing what's on my monitor. Okay. Um, other players playing off their PlayStation 4s or Xboxes, if the game is an online game, I'm sure that they can be found online and you can connect that way if the game itself allows it. Okay, well, this is probably a really fundamental question then. If they can see anything on your monitor, then it's not specific to gaming. You could be talking about anything, right? Oh, yeah. There are a lot of Twitch feeds that aren't gaming. There's a whole subset of Twitch that's called creative. And there are painters. There are cooking shows on Twitch. People will live stream cooking. Um, There's something going on right now that's weird that I consider weird. That's called social eating, where they put the camera in front of them while they're eating dinner and talking to their chat. Okay. That's weird to me, but apparently it's really big. Yeah, it's (sighs) weird. It's weird, but it's kind of like a fetish thing, because I know that that's something that certain people will tip for. <laughs> um, um, but, but it's also, it's bigger than that, I think, because yeah. the reactions that the people are getting, because I went on one of those streams out of curiosity, and it's almost just like at a dinner party, people will set the stream up, and the people in the chat are apparently eating their dinner, too. It's just a, a social interaction. Okay, that's pretty cool. It's like, especially if you have people, you know, friends who are really long distance, it's fantastic. Um, Or if you're like missing a wedding. (laughs) Um, Because uh, what I see from my art friends is they've been using Periscope. But I think that's um, specific only to maybe Max, I think. Or I don't know. But I, I think... Yeah, because, like, there's Vine, but there's Periscope and blah, blah, blah. And now, didn't Facebook buy one of them or something? Or, but Facebook has its own videos. Yeah, it's really trying to push. I've seen Facebook live streams, too. Um, before we continue, though, there is one other thing that's on stream that I think you would find interesting. Okay. Um, cosplayers will do their cosplay construction live on stream. If they're working on a costume or a prop, they'll actually set up a cam to be over their workspace, and then a cam facing their face, so they can, you know, look their chats in the eye. And they'll take questions and answers as they're working. Sometimes it's a, you know, see the cosplay, it depends on the cosplayer. If the cosplayer is someone who's serious, they're just doing a Q&A. Sometimes, of course, you get, oh, look, here's a woman making her outfit, and she's dressed in her pajamas, and let's be honest, everybody's, no one's in the chat for actual construction questions. Right. But... Again, I find that there are a lot of good cosplayers doing good work and helping to show people how they make what they make on stream, too. Okay, because I used to watch a lot of DIY shows on cable. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm not a knitter, and I would watch a knitting show just because I liked the people. I liked how the show was made. Um, So I... I've watched Major League Gaming, and I don't game. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things where sometimes I need to just look at, 
at that as a, one way to de-stress and unwind. Like it's not serious. I have n- no dogs in that fight. So <laughs> if something is destroyed, it has nothing to do with me. There you go. Um, you want to obliterate your whole team by mistake then, or on purpose and, you know, go ahead. Um, I, I gamed very specifically and I tried to keep it to a real like small group of people that I would play with because one of my friends was just a real um, like aggressive player, you know, like he wanted to level up super fast. Like all he cared about was leveling and leveling and leveling and then going after the big, you know, huge boss fights where there'd be 36 other people and trying to, you know, take down these monsters. And it's like, that wasn't my thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I wanted to be way slower about it. I cared about my character because to me it was more like virtual fiction. I just wanted my character to go through the story and, you know, throw out some tar pits and trap people and, you know, zap, heal, heal my team. I liked doing that. I liked healing my team. What game was this? Uh, this was in City of Heroes. Oh, oh I, I forgot you did that. Yeah. I should go see if there's still people on that on Twitch. There might be. Well, I think they... I don't know if they continued it. I don't know if you can even get on it anymore. If a game is popular enough, I've noticed that people will make their own servers when the company stops. Because they still want to play it online. Oh, okay. So there might be fan servers out there for older online games. Okay, well that would be really interesting. Um... I found it a better game than Warcraft, but that's because I just, I never played Warcraft. I only watched people play. So I thought, um, I thought there was, there were better options. I just never, I never got into, um, the massively multiplayer online stuff. I just was never that interested. I always had the issue that games like that will eventually go offline and I wasted all of that time and money. I know. This, have you read Felicia Day's book? Uh, no, I haven't. It's uh, it's called uh, what is it? You're you're never weird on the internet, sort of, or something like that. Okay. Um, so last year for my birthday, I spent my birthday standing in line. It was about a hundred degrees. The line extended outside of the bookstore. And eventually you like wormed your way, you know, snaked your way up and down into the bookstore itself for two other lines where eventually you got into the basement, which was this nice uh, meeting room area. And I was there to see Felicia Day and get her the book. So um might have been a weird way to spend, you know, my birthday, but that's what I did. <laughs> I, saw, I remember the pictures of that. I'm, I was so jealous. Yeah, it was it was incredible, and because I felt like at that point that everybody had already read it because it's the sort of book that you can read in like two nights if you're just like doing nothing else, um, or maybe one night if you're an exceptionally fast reader because it's a memoir, so it moves really really fast. Yeah, I, that's and, always my favorite genre of books. Yeah, they're you know some of them are really great, and hers. She gets into this part about her Warcraft addiction, and it's, I don't, I mean, I don't throw the word around lightly. I mean, it truly had consumed her life, and um, 
you know, it took over like what she said as life goals, you know, and when it gets to that point, I think it's perfectly fair to, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I think it's perfectly fair to say that, you know, you can have a video game addiction. Um, so when I watched the, the guild, it was, bef- you know, I watched the guild long time ago before her book had come out. So then I read the book and I and I was thinking about the guild and I and her character Sid I'm like it has a whole different meaning now <laughs> it's a because she you know I mean I knew that it was based somewhat on on her life but um you know because she really was a a musician and she really was addicted to a game and um you know so when you see Sid go through these problems and her friends go through these problems like neglecting their kids and not being able to pay rent. (laughs) um, It's, you know, it's just like, Oh my gosh, it sort of like smacks you with reality that, Hey people, you know, these are real people. These, you know, those little avatars moving around are real people. And then she, you know, she gets into this last chapter that um, you could tell she, I think she even says she didn't want to write it because she didn't want to talk about Gamergate. <laughs> um, and people had been asking her during the peak of that why she was not saying anything. And at that point, she was like, because haven't I faced enough? You know? Yeah, she's definitely someone who's gotten a and, lot. Yeah, and so that's one of those, you know, it's just one of those things where here's, you know... <sighs> I mean, yes, she's a successful celebrity, but my mother doesn't know who she is. You know, my mother, like, tells me when Seth Green is coming on TV. Yeah. You know, but she just doesn't know who Felicia Day is. <laughs> so, um, so it's just, one. Of, you know, it's, it's a certain level of popularity in our particular geek culture. And to think that, she was a, she was afraid to speak out when I think of her as somebody who's got all their shit together. Like, you know, I figure she has tons of supporters, you know, a really strong support network. She's got the Joss Whedon's and Will Wheaton's and Nathan Fillion's in her corner. It's like, how could she be afraid to talk about something? And she really was. Yeah. So, it sucks. I definitely agree. And I'm lucky to be privileged that I don't deal with deal with it all that much, if really at all. And uh, people like me, we have to pay attention and try to help where we can. You know? We're privileged. We have to try to use it for um, as much good as we possibly can. And how do you recommend doing that? What kind of steps do you take? Like this, I mean, there's the Leslie Jones example but i mean i can't just like go check on a celebrity and make sure that they're eating and taking care of themselves you know so what what are some real things that you do to um work within the you know the the privilege that you have one of the main things i do and it depends on the particular thing going on like with the with the leslie jones i try i'm trying to mostly keep my mouth shut and let the affected people speak and um, making their you know, signal boosting is really the best thing that we can do because it's nothing we go through. Even 
signal boosting and just basic messages of support. Because, um, again, anything deeper almost comes across as you talking about the issue but still somehow making it about you. Right, and that's something that is, a, you know, obviously a real problem that happens. Is You know, that's how we get things like the all lives matter, you know, or the not all men problem. Exactly. So listening and then bringing, you know, oh, you know, bringing awareness through things like the sharing and the retweeting of other people's voices. Like, um, for example, um, a couple of years ago when the stuff with Ferguson was going on, I was on my more, my very popular Twitter, at least the, compared to my other two, the one that has about 2,000 followers. And I really didn't say anything that day, but I was retweeting everything coming out of the scene for the fandom kids that really follow that account because they weren't seeing any of it in the mainstream media or on their own feeds. And it's things like that that I think is the best thing we can do, short of going out and marching ourselves, if that's something that's possible for you. And I think that's, you know, again, just get information out as loudly as you can without overtaking that person's voice. Okay. Um... And you had mentioned, obviously, Casa Shaw and, and charity work. So when there are social issues like this, um, I like to see what other kinds of charities are out there that maybe I didn't know about or if it's something that somebody was particularly connected to. Um, you know, because obvi- obviously after something that's even, you know, more devastating is a death. You know, there's there's charity in, I think, the most basic sense when people have to set up GoFundMe accounts for funerals or, okay. or you know, or living, you know, like living expenses because their entire next six months will be in a courtroom, something like right. that. I think, um, you know, I think those are oftentimes not shared on on mainstream platforms um it's pretty rare although i have noticed it i i generally watch abc news and i have noticed in the past week or so twice they've mentioned crowdfunding for something personal like that so they're getting there um but it's a shame that this is what we have to turn to to pay funeral costs or you know medical bills because of accidents and whatnot. Exactly, yeah. Although, speaking of funeral stuff, and this is a little off-topic, but you just reminded me of uh, somebody else I follow called Caitlin Doty. Um, Her Twitter handle is at the good death, and she talks about a lot of alternate funeral methods. Yeah, I follow her, too. Okay, so I really don't need to pitch too much... Um, about no, but t- tell the listeners, yeah, tell listen, the listeners because they might not know though. Um, she is an alternative mortician and speaks and speaks a lot on um, 
generally different kinds of funerals, but also ways to make funerals as cheap as possible if that's what you want or need. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind when you start seeing these funeral expenses and whatnot, just to educate yourself. It's, again, off-topic from the um, what we were talking about, but just when you mentioned funeral expenses itself, it just reminded me of something that I wanted people to be aware of. Yeah, she uh, she does really cool YouTube channels, uh, YouTube videos that are, um, you know, she's a mortician, so it's, it's all about death, but some of the, like, she did one that was about... Um, questions from kids that was a good one um so definitely go check that out um with other you know like i said we were talking about charity stuff and um there's i think uh might have been when whitney houston died i'm sure a lot of people were tweeting about addiction services you know hotline services i know when when robin williams died there was a lot of sharing of hotline numbers and some advice, not always the best advice, but some advice on how to check in with people in your life that are, you know, suffering from a particular issue, you know, whether it's something like harassment, driving them to completely become hermits or whether it's mental illness or whether it's addiction, um, you know, there's good advice and there's bad advice out there is, is my point. Um, but I do think that it's it, those types of really sensitive things get talked about because of tragedy happening. That's true. And I think that as a society, we need to get beyond that and have these conversations without the need for there to be tragedy. Definitely. I think that if we only bring it up during tragedy... You know, there are so many tragedies we could avoid by having this conversation earlier. Yeah, but then you try to, and some of it just doesn't happen. Um, or you're, you get a kind of pandering, for example, from the government. Like there was something like $5 billion put aside for mental illness. Well, what does that mean? Where is that going? Who is that for? How is it divvied up? Who is in charge of it? Um, because... You can't help but wonder and worry when you hear things like, the EpiPen is now $600. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying that the government is giving them that money, but when when there's money for something and you hear about the corruption of that industry, it really, it, it just, it hurts your wallet, it hurts your heart, and it's, you know, people's lives are in danger. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, okay, we could put, you know, billions of dollars into things like mental illness so that people who do go through these really awful traumatic episodes, whether it's these personal harassment campaigns, and trust me, it can very cause very real psychological damage. Um, you know, people who survive these things, they might need therapy for the next 10 years. You know, they might be overprotective of their kids and need help with coping. Yeah. You know, like I said, there's just only so much of a conversation you can have without, if the other party isn't willing to have the conversation too. 
And again, you're right. It seems like whenever money comes up for X, Y, or Z, the cost of X, Y, and Z then goes up because there's more money in it. Right. So I'm, I am curious about uh, the fact that we are having more conversations about mental illness and um, because PTSD falls under under that. If you look on the um, websites like the National uh, Institutes for Health and stuff like that. Um, and if somebody has survived things like constant attacks of death threats and threats against their children, um, there has to be a way. On, being online is part of our life now. It's not an option. So just telling people, oh, just delete your account is not helpful in any way. Exactly. You tell them to delete their account, they still need it professionally. They'll make a new one. And, oh, look, here comes all the harassers coming on to the next one. Yeah. And then that's – and it's also ridiculous because that means that they're probably paying an assistant to curate and be their presence for them. Basically and, paying somebody to be harassed. And that's not – you know, first of all, that's their, like they don't need to spend their money that way. Let's, you know, it's just – I mean, oh, those problems, oh, those first world problems. But there are also people who are not uber rich celebrities that go through this. Yep. Um, so is there anything else about Twitch that maybe we didn't talk about? Um, not really. They're, like I said, as far as I'm aware of, it's mostly the video gamers doing their thing. And then you have all of these creative pursuits, too. Um like I said, I've seen the charity stuff. I think we've touched base on pretty much everything about the platform that's really caught my attention. Um, I don't know if you have any more questions about it. Well, I'm just going to assume that they have things uh, like block buttons or reporting buttons or something. Okay. Um, because I don't know. I mean, I've never seen it, but I'm assuming that if there's a harassment problem that they have some sort of way of taking care of it. Um, each chat has their own set of, um, moderators that the person, uh, it, the person whose stream it is can go, okay, I've hit this level of popularity. I want, say it's me. I'll go say I want. Amber, Alicia, and Kate to be my mods. And if, you know, my chat is big and someone's being um, shitty, one of my mods could remove them from the chat or set up, set it up so they have a timeout, however the person dealing with it wants to. You can also, in the chat, set up certain words that are automatically not going to go through. Um... Like on my chat, not that I've ever had this problem, knock on wood. Um, but you can set, I've set up every sl racial slur I could think of, I've put in my ban list. So if somebody says it, it just comes up as, you know, nothing. That's really interesting that it's, it's customized at that user level. Yeah, like I said, if, if you want to allow people to use, you know, fucking shit, but you don't want to allow people to use, you know, anything racial or anything gender-based. You can uh -huh. ban the words you want. 
in theory, you could even choose to ban um, normal words if you really wanted to. If you wanted to mess with people and say you're playing Mario and you wanted to ban the word Mario, you could do that. <laughs> so you could ban the word Trump. That's actually something I probably should do at some point. Not that I've gotten any <laughs> Trump supporters yet. But. Okay. Um, well, that's cool. I mean, I'm, you know, I think Twitch had a lot of potential from the beginning, but I was really off-put by that one Comic-Con panel. But hopefully it was just a particular day, and hopefully they were just trying to show off because of, a, you know, their dude bro egos at Comic-Con, and, you know, maybe they needed to feel important. I think it was, a, like, right after they got they got bought out, so they were suddenly, like, you know, the big boys. Probably. I've had no interactions with, you know, anyone relating to Twitch as far as management goes. And when I go looking on streams, like when I'm looking to watch people, I'm not on the big, big streams, so I don't really see that kind of thing. I'm mostly there supporting my friends, or if someone's coming to my stream and watched me, I'll return the favor and go watch them for a little bit. I'm not sitting there watching, you know, a stream with two or three thousand people in the chat. So I don't, I can't speak for what that gets like. Okay, I hear you. And when you um, put this stuff on YouTube, is that a cumbersome process, or not? A, do you do you have like third party software? Or is it really easy to um, do? This, for the make it, putting it to YouTube, all it is is you go to your video, you write whatever description you want to write, you hit export, and it gener- it'll it does the rest. Okay, that's super easy. The the one thing the hard part about Twitch to me is the streaming itself, because you have to go download a program to allow it. And again, certain programs do different things. Certain programs will make the webcam work automatically. The program I use, since I just wanted to keep it fairly basic, because I was only really doing it for my friends, is just a monitor sharing stream. But they Twitch sends you links to all of the programs and tells you how to set it up, so it's not too hard. Okay. Um... And do you need to have those just to watch somebody else? To watch, no. I mean, if I if I link you to mine and I'm streaming, you can watch it without even having an account. If you want to participate in the chat, you would have to make a Twitch account for that. But other than that, you, know, you can just watch for anybody. Okay. And do they have some sort of age restriction? You could say that my channel is for, you know... 18 plus or something? You can, but their terms of service uh, includes no nudity or nothing of that sort. Okay. Um, cause well, I just mean, like, a lot of the games can be, like, really graphic. Yeah, if you're playing a graphic game or you're willing to play really graphic games, you can set up your channel as an 18 plus channel. Okay. All right, well, it's definitely... Um, opens a lot of doors for, I think, people that, you know, maybe social media hasn't worked for them, but they want to somehow share a part of their life in a different way. 
you know, because I find that each one of them, each one of the platforms has some sort of pros and cons about them. You know, Twitter has a harassment problem and lack of filtering, <laughs> whereas um, Instagram is very limited. There's no sharing unless you install another app that sort of bypasses that. Um, and then you have Facebook, which is, you know, where, you, you know, your family tries to track you down and idiots from high school and, you know, uh, Facebook, like, Facebook. It's, it's like, just stop asking me for my high school already, Facebook. I'm never going to tell you. That, that's me with my phone number. Facebook keeps asking me for my phone number. Yeah, that too. I'm like, just give it up already, you know. So they have their pros and their cons. Um, you know, Facebook is trying to keep up with their live program. I don't know how they're going to do. I don't know who owns Periscope. But um, I saw a lot of people, they do that for their, uh, like I said, for their art. And also there were, there were people that were trying to cover the Captain America statue unveiling <laughs> um, with different live streamings. So, uh, you know, it's a different world. Yep. But um, I, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing that people can stream and upload from wherever they are, whatever they want. I think 80% of the time, that's a good thing. It's changing news. Yep. I, I mean, I get my news from Twitter first, and it's, you know, not necessarily verified, but when you see people posting all kinds of pictures of things on fire. I mean, for, you know, if it's one picture and you're only seeing the same picture over and over again, then be skeptical. It could be from some other event, which I saw um, recently. They were saying that there were riots going on, but it was, you know, they were saying it was in Milwaukee, but it was really from like, you know, some World Series parade 10 years ago or something. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so... You know, if you see the same picture over and over again, then be skeptical. But, you know, for the most part, I get my news first from Twitter. And then I'll turn on the TV to see if anybody's talking about it. Um, but cool. Well, you know, thanks again for all your help with Superhero Weekend. We had a successful weekend um, for raising money for Casa Shaw, which uh, we've mentioned and haven't explained what it is. That's the court-appointed special advocates who take care of making sure that foster kids get properly represented in the court system and make sure that things with their actual cases um, regarding their you know, lawyers and foster families and uh, social workers and stuff are all really um, staying on top of matters. So we raised some money for them and our local CASA covers three counties. So <laughs> they have a huge base to take care of. But they're also very, very good about it. I'm always seeing and hearing about them. They don't, uh, excuse me, they don't just sit around all day. Yeah, and that's, so those advocates are volunteer. There's, there actually is staff that runs the operations, but the advocates are volunteers. Well, that's good. Yeah. So um, not every single county or city has a CASA program, so if you want to look up your own region, you can probably find out more information. Honestly, once I followed our, our local one, CASA Shaw, on Twitter, Twitter started 
suggesting that I follow like every CASA that exists in the U.S. Like it just kept <laughs> popping up, and, it, and it's like no, 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 no. And it's like I just tried to X those out, and it just was popping up more. I'm like, okay, we get it. They exist everywhere. You just have to um, interact with a different follower for a little while. Yeah. So so that's what was what was going on there. So do you want to give out any of your social media or Twitch? things uh for the listeners or do you oh, sure. how do you... anybody <laughs> listening wants to follow me i'm vampric yoda on anything i'm on um, i spell it a little differently because i made it in sixth grade and didn't know how to spell and then it just stuck um v-a-m-p-r-i-c-y-o-d-a and i'm on um, twitter twitch youtube if you don't want to watch me live um, so if you want to find me look for me there Okay, cool. Thank you so much, Jesse. You're welcome. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber. Everything else is at amberunmasked.com. And, of course, please go to the Patreon if you can and either share those links if you can't become a backer or become a backer. You go to patreon.com slash amberunmasked. So you can easily share any of the public posts that I've made there. And that way it brings people to that page before they get taken to the actual website. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again, Jesse. You're welcome.